Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know, ever since we started this podcast, people have been asking for advice. Usually it's what team to bet on this week. Truth is, I really can't give away that information for free all the time. I thought they were asking whether they should leave their wife. That too. Well, go to my bookie. Check it out. They'll give you lines on all games. You can bet any sport. It's wonderful. You don't need me to talk to you. The Greek doesn't have to be in your ear all the time. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. And that's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys. They're your best bet this season. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they will give you an additional $25 free play on any deposit over $100. You can use promo code MIZ25. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after dinner and take advantage of this extra 25 bucks. You play, you win, you get paid. Take it from the Greek. My bookie is the way to go. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. Johnson, and he's gone. Touchdown, Missouri. You don't get no better than that, man. Lock deep near side. Jamon Moore. It's a foot race. 82 yards. Touchdown, Missouri. Boy, look at Crockett run. It's his fourth touchdown run of the day. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brennan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is the Florida Homecoming Parade Director, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum-dums? And Drew Locke's dance move choreographer, Caleb Bungard. Hello, kids. As you all know, it's uh, it's a little later than we usually record. It's Wednesday after the biggest win, not only of the 2018 season, but I'd say of the Barry Odom era. The Missouri Tigers beat the number 11 Florida Gators 38 to 17. <laughs> and we didn't just uh, beat them, Brendan. We took a hot, steamy shit on their chest. We did. It was not even close. It was a route, and it was a route from the word go. Well, I guess, I mean, they had a three to nothing lead early on, so I can't say from the word go, but after the Florida field goal, Mizzou routed the motherfuckers. It was the best game Drew Locke has played against a Power Five opponent, without question. And nothing salves a wound like the horrible, horrible Kentucky game where pretty much everybody was universally calling for Barry Odom's head and was just down in the dumps about the state of this Missouri program. One week later, everything seems so much better. Amazing what a big win against a top 10 opponent, top 15 opponent will do for a program. Yeah, I've never seen anybody go from on the hot seat to somebody being celebrated faster. Yeah. But I, I don't know if that's necessarily what we should be doing. The fact that Barry Odom won this game doesn't erase Kentucky and South Carolina. You know, the, the Purdue win looks good, but I, what worries me is I, I heard a guy on the radio make a very good point about ESPN has some, sort of their data analytics power rankings. And in that, Mizzou's ranked like 15th in the nation which basically says based on their talent, that's where they should be. Now, that's obviously not where they're at in the, the actual AP. So what that says to me is like if they rank 15th in sort of talent power, why are we losing these games? And that the easiest answer to that question is is coaching. So is, is, is Barry Odom holding back a very talented football team or is he getting everything he can out of this very talented football team? My instincts tell me that he is not getting everything he can out of this football team. Well, the win, what it does is it tells you that he did a good coaching job in taking a team that was obviously demoralized and making them ready for the following week and you know got a bunch of young guys up for a game that they could have easily phoned it in and just let the turd water just roll down the drain in circles and finish yeah. out the season and let Barry Odom go on to his next job in a Division II school. But he didn't. He got them up for a big-time game against a big-time opponent at their homecoming, and uh, there is something to be celebrated for that. But I agree in that I think the problem with Barry Odom is that this is a big win and it's a great game, but when you lose a devastating game like we did against Kentucky, one game doesn't fix it. I mean, one bad loss, it takes several games to 
overcome that. You know, if he wins out, I'll be like, okay, Barry Odom coaches way out of this trouble, like he did last year. And, and frankly, in a tougher season, but one game isn't enough. You know, you can't say, well, trade one bad game for one good game. You still can't lose those fucking games against Kentucky. Which he did. Well, if he wins out, you're going to think they should only have two losses to Alabama and Georgia because those other two games were infinitely winnable. Oh, I think yeah. that's in the back of every Tiger fan's mind is where we could be right now, which is seven and two and nationally ranked. Well, that's what every that's the the, the the sentiment I saw on Twitter immediately following the game was that seven and two, seven and two, seven and two. That's where we should be right now, seven and two. Now we'll say this about the South Carolina game. I counted at least two or three receiver drops in the end zone, and so you know Drew Locke has has um rightly taken some criticism this year and Barry Odom has rightly taken some criticism this year but that game against South Carolina that we lost was as much on our wide receivers as any one of those two people now there's no apologies I mean and there's no excuse for what happened in Kentucky from either Drew Locke or Odom I mean I'm not going to forget that game anytime soon I don't care if they beat fucking Alabama there's no excuse for giving up that leap you'd care you're right, I would care. I really think the beginning of the Florida game, I thought it was going to be like the end of Kentucky. Dooley's play calling for the first couple series was garbage. Then it all of a sudden turned around. So I don't know if he decided that he could take advantage of the defense or what it was, but he changed my mind during the game that he was a piece of shit. <laughs> now, next week, he may be a piece of shit again. Who knows? During that game. A dirty cornfield piece of shit. He was better than a piece of shit. Yeah, it's a weird place to be because, I mean, we look at our team now and we think, this is the team we expected to see, you know, maybe not win every game we should be winning, but at least be on the field. You know, we given as good as we get, you know, where were they against Kentucky in the second half? Where was this fucking team? I mean, a a big factor, obviously, is the return of Emmanuel Hall. And I had a a conversation today with a guy, and I was like, is Emmanuel Hall so good that he has that kind of an impact on this offense? I mean, he's not a world beater wide receiver. He's a very good world receiver. Drew Locke played a better game, and that, I mean, not that, you know, Emmanuel Hall doesn't help that circumstance. He absolutely does, but Drew Locke played a better game, a more he had more command. Like this is the first game I remember watching Drew Locke in a Power Five game in a big game. Sort of had that indefinable Jesse Palmer swagger. You know the word Jesse Palmer loves to throw. Like you, he looked confident. He looked like he had a little strut, and I didn't feel like he was going to shit the bed every play. I mean, you could just tell he was playing at a different level, a level that I have not seen him play at against a Power Five opponent. And they protected him against yeah. a team that sacks everyone. Yeah. And, yeah, and Albert O had a huge game, which is the worst part about that is Albert O didn't practice today. As yeah. you know, we are we are recording this on Wednesday uh, because uh, Brendan's a stupid asshole and decided to take a free trip to Vegas. How many hookers did you kill this time? Well, the saying goes, Caleb, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, so I don't appreciate the question. <laughs> but uh, wow. um, and Albert, so Albert O is uh was not practicing today, and that's not good because Albert O had a huge impact on that football game. Yeah. So Blanton did practice; he did not practice contact but he practiced anyway well i'd sure like to see one tight end in the fucking game against vanderbilt yeah well and you know barry odom is professional welder shana ford used vr training developed by forge fx to hone her skills as a welder the more time that you spend practicing it that's what separates a good welder from a great welder vr training can help students like shana repeatedly practice specific skills Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Is he preys on uh, a couple of guys for switching from lineman to uh, tight end as the as the depth goes away? But yeah, there's no replacing a player like Alberto. If he's not available to you on Saturday, there's no replacing that. You it's know? like switching from skinny girls to fat girls. Yeah, you can't do that. I mean, you can. Obviously, we've all done it. <laughs> many times. It, it certainly uh, changes the dynamic of how you approach things. 
<laughs> yes, it does. You know, <laughs> like know whether I'm you shower gonna, first. Not, I know I'm not going to get a hot stuff to do gross stuff, Brennan, but a fat girl, she'll do gross stuff. Oh, she'll do lots of gross stuff. With a smile on her face. <laughs> That's right. It's going to get gross in here, baby. That's what I tell them. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, I think one thing about having a uh, Hall back or maybe Albert O out is that uh, w- one player doesn't change the game entirely, but it does change the way the offense looks and the way the defenses approach them. I think people know Emmanuel Hall is Drew Locke's go-to guy. And so when he's on the field and when he is healthy, as he was not against Georgia, they've got to double-team him or they've got to keep an eye on him. And it opens up the Albertos and it opens up the running game. Yeah, absolutely. So two things. You're going to have to roll coverage to somebody. And if you got Albert O and you got Emmanuel Hall on the field, if you roll coverage to Hall, then Albert O's more open. If you roll coverage to Albert O, then Hall's more open. You can't you can't double team everybody. Mm-hmm. And so certainly it's going to open up more passing lanes. And two, so- this is the first game I also received where, where our, we didn't have multiple drops on the wide receivers. Everything seemed to get caught. I mean, we played a complete game for the first time in the Barry Odom era. That's right. Yeah. And I think, you know, with Emmanuel Hall healthy and those other people being more open because of it. One thing we have seen with all the criticism we've had of Drew Locke this year is that he has improved and gotten better at doing his reads. You know, he, he used to just be a one look guy. If his one guy wasn't open, he didn't have a pass. And now he does go to a second, third read. And, you know, if the first guy being Emmanuel Hall isn't open, there's lots of guys there waiting to catch that ball. And then against Florida, they actually did catch the ball, you know, and then of course, Crockett and Roundtree look great. They, they just think- all look great. There was a, definitely a sentiment at the beginning of the season when it came to Drew Locke of he could throw a lot less touchdowns this season and still have a much better season. Right. No, he threw like 44, whatever it was. If, it, you know, he could, he could not come close to that and still have a really good season. Now that's not happening. He's having a disappointing season by any measure. I think he's on pace to throw like 25 touchdowns now, though. I will say this, his, his um, completion percentage is up and his interceptions are down slightly from where they were last year, but. He is, he's not having the season, the senior season. I'm sure that he had hoped and he's certainly not having the season, senior season that we had hoped, but, um, they've got an opportunity to win out again and they've got an opportunity to make a bowl game again. <sighs> it's, it's sort of like we're at Texas with Charlie Strong. At some point, you want to be either good enough to, yeah, like, do we do, I want to be good enough to really want Barry Odom or I want to be bad enough so we shit can him, but this sort of funking purgatory we sit, we find ourselves in. You know, for the third year in a row, I'm just like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Define our team, would you, please? <laughs> and there, there is maybe Barry Odom's finally getting it together. Maybe it just took this long. I talked about how, you know, nobody had drops and the running backs played well and the quarterback played well and the receivers played well and the defense played well and everybody, it was the first complete game I've seen him have. But Tony. And maybe that is going to be a trend that continues because, but up to this point, you know, the defining characteristic of a Barry Odom team seemed to be an undisciplined fucking mess. Well, I think that's what I meant when I said, you know, one game doesn't fix the Kentucky game. This game we saw against Florida hasn't been the norm. It's the anomaly to this point. You know, if if he strings these games together, great, go Barry Odom. But if we go back to the Kentucky bullshit where we can't get a first down, then this Florida game was the anomaly. He had one good game, way to go, enjoy it. But that was all we get. So time will tell. And and I, I'm in holding pattern mode. Everybody was calling for his head. We were happy to see Barry Odom get his head sliced off last week. I mean, we everybody's eased off of that because they should. Hats off to them. They look great. But we got to see more. We got to yeah, see more. You don't make decisions based on the, on the exception. You make decisions based on the rule. And if the rule is Barry Odom fields an dis- undisciplined team, then you don't keep Barry Odom. Now, this is an opportunity for Barry Odom to keep this going. You know, to, to not just win these football games against Vanderbilt, you dominate these games. You play complete games. You don't have a bunch of drops. You don't have a bunch of stupid penalties. Your defense doesn't get fucking absolutely just shredded by a terrible offense like Vanderbilt. You know, if those things happen, then, you know, I, like so many other Tiger fans, am, are willing to buy into Barry Odom. We want to buy into Barry Odom. I, sometimes I feel like people think we're Odom haters. Barry Odom, you know, but it's like, we no, hate TJ Moe, not Odom. There's no person on the planet that is more likely to stay at Missouri and have sustained success than Odom. So we want him to do that, you know, because if you if you hire the Tom Hermans of the world, and I'm glad we didn't because he's a piece of shit, as he has shown so many times already, he would have just parlayed this job into Texas had he not already gotten that job. Right. You know, and if, if Jeff Brom came to Mizzou, it's not where he stops. You know, he ends up at Auburn, you know, so... If you're going to get a coach who's going to be here for 15 years like Pinkle and, and, and have success in this program, it's going to be with a Barry Odom. So we, we really need him to succeed. And that's why it, it's so disappointing 
when he doesn't. Well, I to tell you what wasn't disappointing was watching Drew Locke surpass Tim Tebow's touchdown record in Florida in the swamp. Yeah. I, if I wanted to be critical of any aspect of that Florida game, I will say is when it comes to the discipline, you reminded me, Colin, we had a lot of penalties in that first half. You know, we could yeah. have easily shot ourselves in the foot because a lot of times those little dinky penalties will kill drives. Yep. Drew Locke played so well that the penalties didn't matter, but there were a lot of those penalties and those penalties in the past have killed the drives and have killed those games. So, uh, I'd like to see some of that go down. Vanderbilt's a perfect place to see it improve. You know, if, if we want to see this be a stepping stone for good things, Vanderbilt will be the, you know, we'll know on Saturday whether things are moving in the right direction or it was a blip on the radar. I mean, the, the, the crazy thing is, is like Barry Odom can't beat Kentucky, but Mizzou basically owns Florida. You know, I, I don't understand what's going on. We need consistency. You know what disappointed me? And I, this is off subject, but I, in preparation for this this uh, podcast, and both because when Mizzou doesn't get big wins like this nearly often enough, I went to the Paul Feinbaum show. I went to the and I was listening to the show on Monday, thinking, "Oh, we'll get to hear a little bit about Mizzou and their big victory against Florida." It's like absolutely nothing. They literally talked about LSU and Alabama for four straight hours. And I'm just like, yeah. "What? The, what the fuck is this?" <laughs> you know, I'm so yeah. disappointed. Yeah, and then you, you go to like watch SEC now in the morning, and all they talked about was LSU, LSU, Alabama. There is no other teams in this conference. You know, they. The only thing that breaks up the Alabama LSU talk is when Tim Tebow in his two tiny suits with his flamboyant color mm. and his sort of lisp does his segment about dudes working out with their shirts off. You yeah. know, the, what do they call that, Brennan? The uh, Freak of the week. Freak Tim, of the week, yeah. Tim, Tim Tebow basically pitched a, a segment where he looks at other dudes working out with their shirts off in his flamboyant suits and uh, talks about them. And they, they pay him to do it. I, yeah. do, it, I do it for free. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he spends a lot of time in the in the research room, I think, watching video, too, about who's going to be his freak of the week, you know? Tim spends all week on his laptop looking at dudes working out. Who's and, going to be the freak of the week? Out which, is the, which is the freak of the week? You know why he does that, Colin? Because he's a <laughs> Well, no, that's, I mean, that, that's a theory, but... <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say it's because he's dedicated to his work and he wants to do a good job on TV. Yeah, yeah, sure. But well, I, I tell you what, those those suits get any tinier, uh, they're just going to start splitting seams. <laughs> he's also, gotta... last year, one of the Florida players said they lost at Mizzou because there was no one in the crowd and it was quiet. Oh, yeah. I think I'd like to address that when they started this game, half that stadium on homecoming was empty. And there was a lot of fucking Mizzou fans in Florida. Yes, and I think Dan Mullen even addressed how poor the crowd was at their homecoming. And Did you see what he said? He literally said championships will come after the stands are full. Yeah, like, I don't think that's it, accurate. Like, basically saying, like, I can't – what do you want me to do? Until we pack the house, I can't win a championship. If that was <laughs> true, the fucking Cubs would have won the World Series every year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they do not. Yeah, that. It, it, but it's great to see them eat their own, you know, whenever things go poorly. And it was sweet revenge because of the uh, the bullshit comments last year. And here we are, quiet little swamp, and we kick their ass. No, you could hear a pin drop. You could hear a toothless, jean-shorted idiot. Raping his sister. That's how quiet it was. <laughs> there was a lot to be heard. Actually, not as much as usual, though. No, no. One of the other excuses I heard after this game was that uh, the reason Florida lost is because they were having a hangover after losing to Georgia. Now, the reason I think that's a complete bullshit reason is if Florida wins this game, they say, well, they were so angry and fired up after getting beat by Georgia that they came out and whipped Mizzou's ass. But then when they lose, it's like, well, we had a hangover because we, well, fuck them. We lost to Kentucky last week. Well, if anybody deserved to have a hangover, it's us. Yeah. Everybody's got one and they all stick dildos in them. You know, you can come up with anything. That's well, right. That's, that's, it's, it's a cliche for a reason. And I don't know at what point Mizzou beats Florida like a drum every year that we, it's like, it sh doesn't shock people. Yeah. Which really, it gives us a beautiful opportunity to play a game that the fans have clamored for. I What's don't know that if you're familiar with it. It's called Sour Grapes. I'm looking forward to that. In this show, we're going to bring it up. We're going we're gonna to get around to that. Yeah, and before we do, I think it is Wednesday. Everybody knows what happened in this game, and so I thought it would be a good time to bring up the voicemail segment because it's going to be a little different than it was last weekend. Sure, sure it is. You guys want to hear some voicemails from the old fans? Let's do that. And, uh, I, of course, I've heard them because I was preparing for this show, and I think they do embody a lot of Mizzou fan sentiment, and a lot of that involved uh, not being 100% sure that this was going to happen until 0, 0.00 read on the clock. And, of course, even then, <laughs> that didn't mean anything against Kentucky because we were winning. That is, that is a fucking word. Yeah, that is, a, that is completely pragmatic. That is, that is <laughs> That's the show-me state, yeah. All right, here we go. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. Yeah! 
No one can blame you. All right. Tigers leading at the half. Let's see if we can't fuck this up. Let's go. Rip him up. I don't know who that is, but I like him. I don't know. It sounds like a Paul Feinbaum caller. Yeah, you know, I think, um, let's, let's go ahead and keep here, you know, just the signature win. Yeah, next, really the next coming of Nick Saban. Let's, let's just keep him. Future Hall of Famer. Go Tigers. So uh, he's bought in. Odin's his best friend now. Yep. Yes! Tigers win! Here comes Sour Craig! <laughs> M-I-Z! Zio, you little buddy. End of the third. Mizzou, 35. Florida, 17. Still not getting my hopes up. <laughs> I was getting a little more comfortable at that stage. End of the third quarter, guys, were you confident we were going to win this game? No, and uh, as I watched this uh, football game with my father, who's also Brent's father, I looked at him and go, they surely can't figure out a way to fucking lose a game like this two weeks in a row. And then I thought, sure they can. Yeah. It's Mizzou. Yeah. Absolutely I they can. I didn't say a word to anybody during the whole entire game up until probably five minutes after it was over with. <laughs> Still something yeah. could happen. Waiting for a flag to come flying out. As a betting man, I know better than to say a word or it will come back and haunt your ass. Florida's punter is a little bitch who couldn't even get a targeting call on him when it was a clear targeting because he's too weak to actually hurt anyone because he's so damn small. So he had to then cheap shot one of our defenders to, I guess, make up for it, I suppose, little bitch. Also, let's not, let's not forget that Florida's quarterbacks are aggressively, disgustingly ugly. That's all. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. <laughs> Thoughts on his attractiveness? Yeah, insulting physical appearance. I I enjoy that. And their punter should have got a targeting penalty. But like he said, he is a t- too pathetic a pussy to get a targeting penalty. I mean, if that had been Corey Fatoni, that guy would have like broken his neck. Absolutely. Fatoni's gone full fucking bro. He's like, <laughs> can't get that guy out of the weight room. That guy is fucking pounding uh, creatine. Nine minutes left in the fourth quarter. Still don't feel confident we're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bro. I'm just to the point that I think Missouri troubling us. You have a game where Kentucky comes to your fucking town in your favor, and you can't score. You can't even get a first down in the second half at home in your favor. Then they travel their ass to Florida where they're underdogs, and Drew Locke puts up 35, five minutes to go in the third quarter. Bro. That guy so, just took a hit of weed. They, they got to be trolling us, man. And the only bad part about them winning today, which I don't know if they're going to win, I'm just assuming. Weed. Is that this is <laughs> going to justify Barry Odom keeping his job. He is going to take advantage of the end of the season again, win the rest of these games, and justify keeping his job. They wait every year until we're out of contention for the East to fucking shit down their fucking legs, man. <laughs> every fucking year. I would rather them wait to the end of the year. <laughs> to the end of the year. <laughs> At least give me something to look forward to on Saturdays. I already blew it last day. This guy's obviously and getting stoned at the bejesus. I say, damn. At I least agree. I was invested. Instead of fucking five weeks in knowing you're not going to win, you have nothing to look forward to except for fucking measly wins to justify a fucker's job who doesn't deserve it. Man, my Oh, I hope that guy comes to the live show and brings his kind bud. Yeah, congrats to him for not coughing. And but he's not wrong. <laughs> hey man, if you ain't choking, you ain't token. Yeah, well, he need to. We need to have him come by and teach us pointers. Yeah, <laughs> bro. Being a Missouri fan, it's it's so stressful. Like when we lose, we don't just lose, bro. We we completely fuck ourselves. We had the transfer. <laughs> he's right. From Clemson at the Kentucky game. And what better way to show this motherfucker that, hey, you got two a badass freshman receivers and you still got DeMarie and, uh, and Roundtree. Hey, you got two an offense. What, what better way 
to to let him. Is this the same guy? He got coming next year. But y'all motherfuckers <laughs> fuck it up. Like we don't just lose. We fuck ourselves. We could have had him come in next year and just had an offense going fucking and and going somewhere instead of who the fuck we got coming in. It's, bruh, then this motherfucker, like I said, gonna justify his job because I know he gonna win these next three games. We he gonna win these next three games and they gonna fucking get that motherfucker extended contract and all that stupid shit, man. Yeah. So, new favorite caller? Absolutely. <laughs> Please come to the live show. Please. Absolutely. But the thing is, it's true. It it does kind of suck because like we we get demoralized. We know we don't have any shot at a championship or anything, and then we turn everything around and we get to get super excited about the fucking Liberty Bowl or some shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's right. I mean, we uh, we alluded to it earlier in the show. It's I kind of wish we would. You know, this this sort of being stuck in this middle ground sucks. Either either Barry Odom should fall on his face or Barry Odom should win out. But I don't like this piss away half of a season, get everybody revved up, and then save your job. And listen, there's no there's no guarantee that he's going to do that. You know, he can he he can lose one of these games. But you're probably right, especially after this win. I think it galvanized this team. We, I, I would not be surprised for us to win out yet again, and for for Barry to get that extension. And and you know, TJ Mo will throw a party that no one will come to um, <laughs> for for Barry Odom. Well. Drew Locke finally brought some big dick energy to an SEC game, and that was great to see. It's nice to have Hall back overall. Just like, well, I wanted to call halftime, but you know how that is being a Mizzou fan. And uh, other than that, just enjoy your homecoming, Florida, you fucking losers. <laughs> <laughs> Got to bring that big dick energy every game. This is the best fucking day of my life in like four or five years, MIT. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the fourth, the score is 38 to 17. Mizzou's up, and I remember this from last week, but we were up when it was, when the scoreboard had all zeros on it for time, and they came back and beat us. So <laughs> that's an excellent point. Wait, no oh wait, that's the final score. Holy shit, we finally beat a ranked team in the Odom era, and I want to be like, you know, what's gonna suck is now that means Odom. He saved his job today, and I just want to yell, fuck, and hang up the phone and be funny. But the reality is, three of our four losses were to top ten teams, and the one team that was not in the top ten in South Carolina is really on the same level as us right now, the 50-50 game. And the performance today by the team and the way Odom has gotten them to come back from last year and finish out the season with the winning record, and has gotten them to rebound off of that horrible loss last weekend to beat a team that's 11th, which makes us number 10 now, right? Because we're better than 11. Anyways, I don't know how all that stuff works. But for him to come back and and get our team ready to get a win in the swamp, yeah, maybe Florida had a hangover. You can make whatever excuse for them, but the bottom line is they came in there and they got it done today. So we'll see how he finishes up the season. If we win the next three, you can't argue that Odom deserves to keep his job. Maybe he is the the greatest of all time. I'm sure TJ Moe thinks he is, but maybe we kind of jumped the gun a little bit and we need to wait and let it play out. Anyways, here's hoping to a 4-0 November MIZ. Yeah, I will say this for Odom. I mean, last year he uh, his teams don't quit on him. Yeah. These no. teams do not quit on him. That's true. Guys, what do you say we uh, take our first break for the day, come back and get to those sour grape tweets? Yes, sir. All right. This is the Mazodcast. Stop. Don't throw that used cell phone away. Sell it to Midmo iFix. Midmo iFix buys and sells used cell phones that include a 30-day warranty. So if you lost your phone overboard, the screen's cracked, or the phone's broken, stop into Midmo iFix and see Kevin. And if you have no use for that old phone, turn it into cash. Midmo iFix, located next to Emo's Pizza on Osage Beach Parkway, 573-694-8795. Midmo iFix, phones fixed fast. Me. 
I like women. I like women. I like the concept of a woman. I like to take that concept and reduce it to an object. I like to take those objects and put them in my videos. Have them shake the jiggly bits so they look like hoes. I like to take some car polish, smear it all over their asses, and bump that shit out. And we are back. And we wanted to bring you a segment that we have not been able to play for a very long time because the thing about sour grapes guys is that uh, when you beat a shitty team you don't really want to play sour grapes when you beat the university of idaho you don't take a lot of uh, satisfaction from idaho fans being mad about it and idaho fans aren't that mad about it but when you beat florida and they're number 11 in the country and they're a bunch of bullshit sec pretenders there's a lot of anger and we soak it in and get a lot of schadenfreude so it's time once again for the first time in i don't know since 2014 of sour grapes. What you got there, sour grapes? You got a grip of sour grapes. Oh, them sour grapes. You brought them sour grapes. Sour grapes, sour grapes. You got them sour grapes. Oh, sour grapes. You brought a grip of sour grapes. Oh, 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 oh. All right, fellas, you got any sour grapes for us? Yeah, I, uh, let's see. I, I, I found a few. The first one I brought from a Will Cower. Uh, he put, laugh my fucking ass off. Fuck Mizzou. Sour grapes. So, you know, something about funny about being a, a Florida fan getting your ass kicked by Missouri. I mean, it's hilarious, apparently. Laugh. L-M-A-O-O-O-O-O, brother. The thing about uh, that is jokes aren't funny after you've heard them two or three times. And this is <laughs> like the fourth time that we've beaten your fucking gators. So I don't know why it's so, still so funny. I've got one here uh, from a guy named Migu. He says, Mizzou is lucky Gators' offense is absent. If Gators gets their O-groove working, it'll be disaster for the Tigers. Ifs and buts are candy and nuts, brother. They'd be Christmas all year. Yeah, if Florida wasn't shitty at football, then they would beat Mizzou. (laughs) If Grandma had nuts, she'd been Grandpa. This is from Cigar Slash Bourbon Man. How the fuck is it that these shit teams like Missouri and Kentucky catch fire against Florida and suck the rest of the way? Mizzou hadn't won a conference game all year. They are 4-4. Four and four. This is not supposed to happen to the number 11 team in the nation. Fuck Missouri. Sour grapes. It's not supposed to happen, but it did. Four <laughs> points sour grapes. That's right. This one comes from Ely Wheeler. He says, the real question is, how are we losing to Mizzou at home right now? Sour grapes. And the answer is pretty simple. We scored more points than they did. Yeah, people always ask us that every every time we play this game, and it's, just, it's a simple. The game is simple. Whoever scores the most points wins. Okay, I've got one. So the Florida Gators have no running game whatsoever, no passing game whatsoever, just terrible. Terrible in every aspect of the game today. This is embarrassing as fuck, and I mean it's fucking Mizzou, man, fuck. It is Mizzou. They beat you, again. Sour grapes. <laughs> They're so sour. Guys, I had one that was a fantastic one. I uh, favorited it so I could read it, and uh, turns out it says, this tweet has been deleted. <laughs> and I probably should have put, hey, this is going to be great on the show. <laughs> yeah. I guess he didn't want his tweet read. Mm-hmm. Well, that's but, why you screenshot him, Brendan. That's, that's what I do. That's right. This one's from Instagator1. He says, Mizzou is trash, and we're letting this happen. Dickless, prideless football. Sour grapes. <laughs> we're trash. Actually, Florida, Florida fans are dickless. <laughs> uh, Charlie Park says, simply, fuck Missouri. Those are my favorites. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Missouri. Fuck them. Seven seven two Chaz says Gators put together a good drive and then Missouri faked an injury. Salad Y'all remember that happening? MS Tip tweeted Missouri fucks everything up. <laughs> we, when it comes to the Gators, we should do. <laughs> yeah, I think the Gators fucked a few things up themselves. Gator Nation said, "Remember that time when Mizzou won a national championship? Oh wait." I barely remember when uh, Florida did. I know that. It's been that long ago. That's right. Cling to the past, fellas. Cling to the past. Because apparently it's all you got. You know what happened this weekend? We beat you. You know what happened when you win a national championship? I don't know. It was so long ago. I was in high school. (laughs) You had a playing quarterback. It's been a long time. Oh, boy. Drink then drink said, how the fuck does Missouri not get a called for holding or unsportsmanlike on the last play, Mizzou versus Florida. Do you know what he's talking about? I don't know, but why don't we just go ahead and give him two more touchdowns and we still win. (laughs) (laughs) Consolation prize. Good idea, Caleb. Salad grapes. JB3RR says, we're going to get blown out by Mizzou. This team sucks. I agree. His team does suck. And he did get blown out by Mizzou. 
I'd like to throw in an odd sour grapes of just the fact that after the Mizzou and Florida game, Will Greer for West Virginia looked like the greatest quarterback in college football, leading his team back for a great win. Yeah, They've got to be really sour about that. Oh, my that. God. <laughs> Will Greer is a terrific quarterback. He's going to be a top, He's going to be a first-round draft pick. It's too bad he doesn't play for the Florida Gators. Wish they had him. All right, I've got one here. Gators just lost to Mizzou at homecoming, and Will Greer just beat Texas with some last-second heroics. It sucks to be a Florida Gator. Sour grapes. It really does. Man, it feels so good. It feels so good to just soak in the Florida pain. Yeah, I. this one was before the game, Brennan. Uh, it's not really sour. It was just like, the swamp is rocking. Fuck Mizzou. That's from Kendall Bunch. Yeah, sour swamp is rocking. Grapes. But it was only rocking for about the first five minutes because after that they lost the lead and never got yeah, it back. Did they ever sing any Tom Petty? Did they ever go, I won't back down and I'll stand my ground? I don't know. You'd they, have to check the parking lot because not many of them were in the stadium. Uh, they, <laughs> they sang it. They lied about it. They fucking backed down. Yeah, they did. They didn't did. stand any ground. Yeah. Barry Odom pushed him to the ground and asserted his will. Josh Way tweeted, fuck Missouri. Another fuck Missouri. I, I enjoy those. I'm, I'm always going to, if Florida Gator fans want to make the Mazad cast, all they need to do is tweet fuck Missouri. They're getting mm-hmm. as creative as Tennessee fans are catching up. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the uh, height of insults for Tennessee fans. Fuck you. Chris Benji wrote, since when the fuck did Florida start worrying about Mizzou? Um, great. What, what year did we enter the SEC? Brand? 2012, I believe they needed I to start worrying. 2012 is the answer to his question. That's when you started worrying about Mizzou because we pretty well owned you since coming to the conference. That's right. Yeah. I believe we've won four of the last six games against the fucking Gators, including a fucking blowout last year. At home and away. We can do it anywhere. Spicy Bulldog 15 obviously bet on, on this game. He put, fuck, I should have hedged Mizzou. But how the fuck do you? What the fuck? Unreal. Fuck Mizzou. On my blacklist forever, Sorry. motherfuckers. <laughs> I like that's that a, one. That is a Georgia Bulldogs fan. <laughs> I like to be able to expand the sour grapes beyond the borders of Florida. Sour grapes! Yeah, it, was, it felt good. Feels really good. It does. It does. They're so sweet and sour at the same time. As much as uh, sour grapes is a lot of fun, there's something that we do every week that's, uh, that's more fun. And that's called Kansas News. There are three kinds of suns in Kansas. Sunshine, sunflowers, 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 sons of bitches. This is Kansas News. First story I have for you guys today. Kansas man shoots roommate in the leg after argument in their Wichita home. Yeah, sure. Been there. One man was shot in the leg after an argument with his roommate Tuesday evening, officials say. Police were called to a reported shooting at around 5.47 p.m. at the Gone Fishing Mobile Home Park. (laughs) A Sedgwick County dispatch supervisor said emergency crews found one person with critical injuries. Wichita Police Sergeant Mike Lenahan said officers responded to multiple reports of shots fired in the area and found a man with a gunshot wound in his upper right leg. He was taken to a hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. The man had been in an argument with his roommate before the roommate shot him. Police say according to Kansas state law, in a domestic disturbance such as this, the participant who bleeds the least is considered the winner of the argument. <laughs> well, Brittany, I mean, this happens. I, I know that uh, in college, Caleb killed one of his roommates for eating one of his snack packs. Sure, and that's justifiable. Nobody fucks with my snack packs. Kansas man made 122 bogus 911 calls. <laughs> A Lawrence, Kansas man is admitted to making more than 100 calls to 911, threatening to commit sexual assault. If a little girl, little black girl has a lemonade stand, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and obviously, if, if if black people think they're going to use a Starbucks, then you know you're going to call 911. Got, certainly, if you're in Kansas, you've got to have a license for all. Yeah, that. I mean that's just day one stuff, man. <laughs> so anyway, but it wasn't that, right? No, just I forgot. No, wait, my bad. There's black people aren't in Kansas, so that couldn't have been the Justin Allen Rorick pleaded no contest on Wednesday to three counts of making false alarms. The Kansas City Star reported prosecutors said Rorick made 122 calls to 911 dispatchers in Leavenworth County. He told dispatchers his name was Jesse. <laughs> That'll throw him off the trail. Yeah, <laughs> 911 doesn't know how to. Tra- <laughs> they don't know how to track down phone numbers. It's star sixty nine. That shit. This guy's name's Justin, but the guy on the phone said he was called Jesse. You better cancel this case. Leavenworth County Attorney Todd Thompson said officers who investigated the calls found no evidence that anyone was harmed or threatened. The well, char- but in his defense, 
he managed to call over a hundred times before Kansas Kansas authorities did track him down. Yeah, so true. changing your name on a telephone call for for Kansas is pretty effective for quite a while. Well, yeah. Yesterday they elected a black lab as their governor, so things going up. <laughs> It was the best candidate. The charges stem from three calls during which Rorick said he was going to perform sexual acts on drugged underage girls. While none of those activities are considered illegal in Kansas, authorities do consider clogging up the state's one and only 911 line with just idle conversation a serious offense. So, uh, you know, they do just have that one tin can connected to a string. And uh, yeah. you can't be making idle threats to uh, drug and rape underage girls. They don't really care about that part of it. I don't know if they're an idle threat. He just didn't get around to it. Maybe he's just lazy. Yeah, he's a sure. procrastinator. If he going to go around and rape, he would definitely raped her. Kansas man handcuffed for attempting to move into his home at night. A key feature of burglaries is that people typically try to remove items from their home rather than move them in. The basic facts seem to elude Kansas police, who handcuffed a 61-year-old black man on the steps of his new home as he there wrapped... Is. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> as he wrapped up an arduous day of moving in. After a long 12-hour day of moving in, Robinson, a military vi- veteran, was moving in his final piece of furniture, a large screen television, when police pulled into his driveway. It was late, around 2.30 a.m. on a Sunday, so Robinson was aware that it might appear dubious. The fact that the officer was curious, even a little suspicious, made sense to Robinson. The hour of the day was odd, and Robinson was standing over a large TV in front of the house. But Robinson told the officer that he was the new homeowner and moving in. He had ID, and there was paperwork proving the ownership of the home inside. They could go in together and look and maybe hoist the TV in on the way. I need you to put your hands on the side of the house, the police officer told him. Robinson was then cuffed and detained until the officer decided to check the story out. But for obvious reasons, the entire experience is still unsettling for Robinson, who went to the Kansas police chief, Greg Lawson, to file a complaint. If I'd have been a white man, you know this would not have happened, Robinson said. I'm being handcuffed right now here on my own damn property. Well, he's 100%, he's 100% right. Yeah, it's, it's Kansas. You're, you're, uh, I mean. He did move to Kansas. That's on him. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This is kind of on you. You're living in the worst state in the union. They're thinking I'm stealing, he said. I've been hearing this crap in Kansas for 40 years. Getting pulled over, being searched. I'm not going to let this go. Maybe move. Yeah, yeah, to a place that isn't a backward shithole. Yeah, Kansas is. Chief Lawson maintains that race did not play a factor in how he was treated, claiming that because the officer was alone, handcuffs were necessary. If I were on that call by myself, no matter what race of the person, they would have been handcuffed, Lawson said, in a muffled tone from behind a heavy white pointed hood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then we have one final Kansas story for the day. Caleb, did Kansas play football this weekend? Kansas did play football this weekend against Iowa State. Oh, I'm sure they pulled off a big win, right? Ooh, they scored three points. Three points. Uh, and it wasn't three to zero, so they lost 27 to three. But that's also, got to be the end of the bad news, right, Caleb? There can't be anything worse than that. Also in Kansas news this week, they uh, fired their football coach in in one of the most pussy moves by any man. They fired him, then asked him to coach out the rest of the season, and he agreed. <laughs> well, you know, you can't blame them for making the ask, you know, because they know nobody else is going to take that fucking job, even the assistants. If that guy had any balls, he'd said, fuck you, I'm going home. Call your boy Bill Self and have him coach him. <laughs> That's right. I'll pay out my contract. I'm going fishing. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to the Gone Fishing Mobile Home Park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gone fishing. Well, it's his own fault for taking the uh, job at Kansas. And yeah. uh, I mean, anyone who takes this job and thinks they can turn it around is a uh, is a goddamn fool. Well, they say Les Miles has taken it. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. Les Miles would do that. He'd turn that right around. Yeah. yeah well, Brennan, he's definitely not going to take jobs from you know blue blood programs. You know, he's definitely going to skip all of those job offers that are no doubt awaiting him and going straight to Kansas. Yeah, I've yeah. heard there's an. Alabama assistant who can't wait to take that head coaching opportunity at the University of Kansas because it's totally not career killing job. <laughs> no, no. Charlie, Charlie Weiss is getting paid from there still. So. Oh, uh, they're at least uh, this, they're going to be on four. They're going to be four deep in coaches they're paying for next season. I'm guaranteed you that. Yeah, I mean it's absolutely. I mean it's career ending. I mean ask Turner Gill. I mean it may shock our listeners to to know that Turner Gill's not dead. He's just <laughs> completely unemployable because he's been been associated with the Kansas Jayhawks football program. He's not in the NFL. Coaching no, Super Bowl teams, no, he's, and he's not dead either, Brennan. <laughs> That's the shocking news because I just we, everyone probably just assumes he's dead. Rather be dead than coaching Kansas football. 
Yeah, it uh, it was rough. It was a rough week for Kansas all the way around, but it always is. And that's why we always have to bring you Kansas news. Fellas, why don't we have our final break for the day? Come back, go around the horn with the SEC because there were some big football games, and maybe talk a little bit about this Vanderbilt game because this is kind of, I guess, a Vandy preview as much as it is our Florida wrap-up show, and uh, maybe Caleb will even have a pick or two for us. This is the Mazzotcast. What's up, dum-dums? It's your good friend Colin here. And I'm here to talk to you today about something deadly serious. I know usually I'm a prankster and a jokester, but the topic I'm about to talk to you about is more serious than just about anything I can imagine. And that is the majesty and delicious taste of Schlafly beer. Schlafly is created by the St. Louis Brewery, Missouri's largest locally owned independent brewery. Every year they pump out over 50 unique styles of beer for you and I to enjoy. And we're so proud to have Schlafly beer as a Mazodcast sponsor. So if you want to be a true Mazodcast fan, a true Missourian and a true American, buy you some Schlafly beer and get blackout, piss drunk, responsibly. Schlafly beer. And we are back. And as we do every week, we'll look around the rest of the league with our segment of SEC Around the Horn. We we break our bread at Waffle House. Our teams are pretty good. We even play some basketball when Jesus says we should. So pour a little bourbon and repeat right after me. We built a church for Saturdays and called it SEC. Loves football. And Colin, would you fire up the old Paul Feinbot? Will do. Nick Saban. Nick Saban. You ready to do this, Paul? Let's get started. All right. Caleb, what happened this week? Well, a game that I think interested you. Texas A&M played Auburn. A&M dominated this game until late in the fourth quarter where Auburn came back and won 28-24. Yeah, I saw a lot of uh, sad sad fans being sad on the road at Auburn. It was they led the entire fucking game. Well, I mean, they not led. The time of possession was plus 17 for A&M. They outrushed them by 200 and something yards. It was just if you looked at the box score this is an A&M ass-kicking. Yeah, they really mazooed it. Yeah, it was a nice game for Jimbo. South Carolina played Old Miss in a barn burner. Yes, sir. One of those games, if you'd have taken the over, you would have covered. Yeah, that was a. it was one of those games where the last person with the ball is the team that's going to win. I think, what was it, like 48 to 44, South 48, Carolina? 48, 44, South Carolina. They, yeah. they talk about that game like it was an offensive juggernaut. It was more like nobody could play defense at all. I don't agree. And, yeah, no, there was zero defense being played. At, at, like, in, going into the fourth quarter, the, both teams were just pulling fans out of the stand and letting them play quarterback, and they were still scoring points. Yeah, yeah it was pretty brutal. You know, I, I, if Ole Miss didn't get their defense figured out, it's going to be a rough road for them in the next year or two. Next is a game that uh, I had down last week on my picks was Georgia and Kentucky. I picked Georgia to win this game by 17 and cover the 9.5. Georgia wins 34-17, to 17, which comes out to be 17 points. <laughs> I am the man. <laughs> I don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, you son of a bitch. The, uh, the crazy thing here is is that who, how anyone thought Kentucky was going to win this game. I mean, I guess only Kentucky fans did, but if you watched them play Missouri – Missouri's curse literally had to come out in full effect to let keep Kentucky winning that game. And for them to go to Georgia and win, I mean, fucking who? Are you kidding? That nine and a half points was basically the easiest money I've seen all year. Yeah, I mean, are you kidding me? Kentucky is not that good. Hot and they're lucky to have 17 points on it. Really. Yeah. Well, the last three weeks, including the Missouri game, their offense hasn't done fucking anything. Their no, offense is trash. They're not good, and if you can stop Benny from running, they can't do a fucking thing. Oh, they're, I mean, one of the most frustrating parts about the Mizzou loss to Kentucky was their fucking quarterback was 
as fucking hot garbage as quarterback hot, as you're hot, ever going to see in a Division One football garbage. game. And yeah. that includes Felipe Franks, who plays for fucking Florida, who is also quite hot garbage. Hot, hot garbage. Next up on the list is a you know red hot Tennessee team playing Charlotte. <laughs> know if you know. Now Charlotte is not a university; it's just a girl yeah. named Charlotte. Yes, <laughs> she uh, she spun spun a web once in a book or something. <laughs> Tennessee beats Charlotte. By a score of, does anybody want to take a guess at this this uh, ass whipping Tennessee put on Charlotte? Well, Charlotte, I didn't, even, I didn't even know Charlotte had a team, uh, so I'm going to have to say, you know, Tennessee an SEC powerhouse. They had this 48 to three, I assume. Well, you know, uh, Tennessee, the top five program. You're all, part right, Brennan. Yeah, top five <laughs> program program of all time, Tennessee. You got the three right, but Tennessee only put up 14 to win the game. <laughs> Paul loves it. In terms of Rocky great matchups in college football history, Charlotte. this will not qualify. Oh, and then the game of the week of Alabama. the century of the universe. Alabama. Alabama played LSU. Alabama. In Baton Rouge. Alabama. By the Bayou and kicked LSU's ass 29 to dick. <laughs> Nick Saban. You just Nick sent Saban. me the, uh, Nick Saban. the audio of some flat-headed idiot uh, LSU fan. Nick Saban uh, jacking off Ed Ogeron in his uh, yeah. press conference, calling a uh, calling a uh, Nick Saban. What was he calling him? Uh, Osaban bin Lion, I believe, is what he called him. <laughs> yeah, Osaban bin Lion. It was the most fucking jug blowing Cajun horse shit fest I'd ever heard. Yeah, and you, Ogeron's just sitting there going, "Have you ever watched a press conference with Ed Ogeron? They're fantastic." With the closed captioning on? No. Oh, he fools the fuck out of closed captioning. <laughs> it has no idea what Ed Ogeron is saying. No it's one really the does. Best thing ever. Yeah, I mean, how could anyone do that job? They ought to pay him double. Well, that wraps up this week in SEC football. Paul Feinbott had to have been happy about that game. That was the game of the season, and uh, LSU really thought they had a chance to uh, put something to Alabama. LSU hung in in the first half. Their offense is fucking horrible, though. It's like Mississippi State, they have a terrible, terrible offense and a great defense. So You know, the the Paul Feinbaum show that I watched, uh, several of the calls was him defending himself from being an Alabama homer as they spent four hours talking about Alabama. They are a really good football team. <laughs> yeah, and we know, Paul. Calm down. <laughs> Calm down. Alabama. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. funny thing that could happen, though, is they could play Georgia in the championship game, lose, and not make it to the college football playoffs. <laughs> yeah, but do you really think that'll happen? They're not going to keep Notre Dame out. Yes. I don't agree. Now, fuck you, Paul. You should be fired. <laughs> <laughs> I should be. All right. Well, what do we got this week coming up? All right. First on the schedule, uh, the South Carolina Gamecocks go down to Florida and play in the swamp. Florida. Florida. We watched South Carolina put up 48 points on Ole Miss. Florida looked like shit. They're at home. What do you guys think? If Florida sets Felipe Franks and starts that other kid, they probably win. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that Dan Mullen isn't a the dumbest person in the on the planet of Earth and doesn't start Felipe Franks and they win that game. I don't agree. But Dan Mullen has let him start the other game, so he may be the dumbest person on earth. Well, and you know what? I've been saying for two years, Franks is fucking terrible, and they just keep running them out there. He's yeah. six five and two twenty. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Like like. And, and get, don't get me wrong, Del Rio wasn't fucking Mullins' fault, but playing Franks this year certainly is. I mean, I, anybody could play better quarterback than that. That kid is terrible. He is beloved. He is a likable person. I'm not sure, Paul. Doesn't matter. He can't play football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think Florida. Yep, Florida. And then next on the agenda is Old Miss visiting Texas A&M. I'm going to go A&M here. I think A&M's got it going. Got it going on. Yeah, even though they had a heartbreaker against uh, – Auburn, I think that uh, Ole Miss is a bit of disarray right now. They can score points, but they can't stop anybody. Texas, A&M. I'm going to pick Ole Miss because Paul just picked A&M. Then we have Mississippi State's vaunted defense, shitty offense, going to play Alabama. Oh, gosh. Is it their week to get their beating? Whoever plays Alabama, it's their week to take their their beating, their annual beating. Their prison rape. I believe they requited to a broken mop handle of, of, of love. Nick Saban, Nick Saban, yeah, that's right. Nick Saban, Osama bin Lion, or whatever the fuck they called him. Saban bin Lion. Saban no. bin Lion. No, no, no. Oh, Paul, too much Alabama talk. 
This happens every year when they have a big win. Yep. you got to work on the circuits, Colin. Last on the schedule, Kentucky visits Tennessee in a border war of cousin fuckers. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think Kentucky, uh, they win this one. Gosh, it's a shame that uh, both teams can't lose, but I guess if I have to pick one, it's going to be Kentucky. Kentucky. Yeah, I agree. And uh, Tennessee looks awful. Since your uh, impromptu vacation uh, interrupted us having a weekend show, this is sort of a midweek show, so I think it's only uh, appropriate that we let Caleb the Greek give our listeners some picks before the weekend. Well, let's do that. Line, you want to make your wallet fat All the boys and girls alike They want to get them some of that It's the bearded lady pleaser It's the best picks of the week All you sons of bitches get rich with the man Gotta love that song Yeah, Bruno, I was about to say I Mike Steele has done some tremendous work for this show. He's created the Tennessee song that has right. is so popular. He created the uh, lo- or the intro to uh, SEC around the horn. SEC around the horn. You know, he created the song for the Mazodcast Maz Oscars yep. episode uh, that was basically based on the "I Didn't Start the Fire." Yep, terrific. But I think his uh, yeah his magna opus is uh, Caleb the Greek. Yeah, it's a thing of beauty. Well, yeah. We should mention that Mr. Mike Steele will be playing music at Popo's. Lake of the Ozarks on Saturday, the seventeenth of November. Is we that right? The Mazodcast crew should go to that. I didn't know that was happening. That is happening. He, he let me let me know on Twitter one day. And Papa's is a great place too. Got lots of beers on tap. Ate there a couple weeks ago. Had a Schlafly. Yeah. Other pumpkin brews. Real good. I had no idea this was happening. We absolutely should promote Mike Steele's appearance. The Official house band of the Mazodcast. Go on out to the Lake of the Ozarks. Papo's, you say? Papo's Pizza, yes. Yeah, you guys can go see uh, Midmo iFix while you're there. It's yeah, right across <laughs> the road. Yeah, you basically. Can, our very first sponsor. You guys can. Mm-hmm. It'll be like a little Mazodcast tour or something. But before you do any of that, uh, you know, we talked about having this live show at ITAP in Columbia. Well, Schlafly threw us a curveball and asked us if we could do it next week instead of this week. So uh, we said it was going to be on the 8th. It's actually going to be on the 15th. So you can see the Mazodcast live show in Columbia at ITAP, then head on out to the lake for the weekend and watch Mike Steele perform in concert. Maybe maybe you have an impromptu kill the Greek scene song played. I don't know. That would be awesome. Yeah, well, that would be oh, awesome. Dude, I, so I'm definitely going. Colin's going to meet me at my house. We're going to go on down to get a carpool. Mm-hmm. We're going to meet another guy. I don't want him coming to my house when I meet him at the gas station. <laughs> That's right. He calls into the show. Real douchebag. We're going to yeah. break the log. Yeah. Sounds like. Well, I've got some picks for you if you want them this week. Let's hear it. Yeah, no bullshit, fellas. Okay, we're going to we're gonna go to the Big 12 since I love Will Greer so much and Florida hates him. I'm going to bet on Will Greer to beat TCU by more than 11 and a half points. I think it's a safe bet. TCU is garbage. They lost to Kansas. Yeah, they're Christians, but Jesus isn't on their side this year. Not Christian enough. They started off with a ranking, and now they're terrible. 11 and a half. Let's do the coin, Caleb, because as always, you go up against this 2005 Kansas quarter I have in my hand right here. And, of course, it features an image of a prairie dog raping the corpse of a child. I'm going to have West Virginia as heads, TCU as tails. The coin thinks TCU could win that game, or at least cover it. Good luck, coin. Do you think that coin's going to change now if they've got a new governor in Kansas? Or are they going to keep it that prayer well, raping children? They minted that coin a long time ago. You know, every state got its own. Like I think Missouri has the arch on it or whatever. You know. Yeah, they always go with what the state is known most for, and so I don't know why they would change it. It's not like yeah. their image has changed at all, just because they. Yeah, also, governor. they elected a dog. He can't pick out new coin. Back for governor. You know, he salivates okay. when he hears bells. <clears throat> Let's travel east to my favorite team in the country. Besides Besides Mizzou, Syracuse is playing Louisville. All right. Yeah, that's journo schools. <laughs> yes, I can't get enough of it. Uh, Seren Petro, one of my favorite guys in the world, went to Syracuse. You know, I'm, I'm big, big on them. So Syracuse is a 21-point favorite against Louisville. They're going to beat Louisville by 30 this week. <laughs> Ah, Caleb, I like Caleb picks these games where they're big spreads. A lot of times I feel like the handicappers stay away from the ones that are like three, four touchdown games. 
Nope. Caleb's like, fuck it. They're going to clobber the spread. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm all over it. Well, what's your record? I mean, you're like, well, you know what? Let's save that. Let's, let's get your last pick in here. All right. Hold on. Let's see what the coin thinks. The uh, heads will be Syracuse. Tails will be Louisville. The coin thinks that he agrees with Caleb. It will be Syracuse. Okay, coin. He's just trying to play his options here. Last game, I'm going to give you an over and under on it. Over, under, thunder. Um, we've got Purdue playing Minnesota. No defense, all offense. The over, under is 58. Take the over. The way Purdue is playing, Purdue could cover 58 points by itself. Uh, Minnesota's fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah. They're going to have to cover it by themselves. <laughs> Good one, Colin. You know, it's weird because we don't usually have the the uh, Caleb the Greek voice from God on the main show. Hi there, voice from God. What's up, fellas? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Was well, that all you got for us this week, Caleb? I'll give you those three. And if I, you know, if I start feeling something else, maybe I'll put it out on Twitter. For Keep an eye on Caleb Bungart's Twitter account in case he decides to uh, give you any more sage gambling advice. And it is sage gambling advice because, as Colin was mentioning, Caleb is 23-19 and 19 on the season. By far having a winning record against the coin, the coin is only 17 and 20. So if you're going to gamble, don't base it on me flipping a coin. If, if I And if you needed to hear me say that before you made your gambling decisions that way, you're a fucking idiot. But <laughs> do bet with Caleb because he's making your money. And, and make those bets at, of course, MyBookie. MyBookie.com. Use the promo code MIZ25. So I think that'll do it, guys. I mean, we've pretty much covered the Florida game. We're, we're, I mean, let's talk, I guess, a little bit about Vanderbilt. They're coming into Columbia. We're the favorite by quite a bit. I, was this like 17-point spread? Uh, 17. I just looked it up a while ago because I was thinking about if that game was closer to 12, I would be all over it. But yeah, 17 seems like a lot, doesn't it? The spread scares me a little bit. I mean, I'm pretty confident that Missouri can win the game, but I don't know that they're going to cover. Uh, Here's a breakdown. Kyle Shermer, serviceable quarterback. They've got a decent – the decent wide receiver in this Litsipkin guy. Uh, they got a running back, last name Vaughn. Who would win in a fight? Barry Odom, Derek Mason. That's that what we tough. really should talk about. That would be that be the matchup of uh, the college only way football. You're going to get a, a stadium filled to watch a Vanderbilt Mizzou football game is if the fucking coach is fucking bare knuckle box in the middle of the field before the game starts. If you ask me, of SEC coaches, that is the matchup everybody wants to see. Oh, they 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 tried to handicap this on the SEC network. I think we talked about it a couple shows ago, and both both these coaches were in the top five of the picks of the of the guys you know talking about it. I'm like, this is not even close. Like, I put you know, odds on Mason. I think Mason could take Odom, honestly. He's well, a, he doesn't have a neck. I mean, I, he's I, a stout I motherfucker, and he looks man. he looks tough, and he's got that gravelly voice that always scares me. I, I That's know. offense against defense, right there. That's I mean, right. It'd be a real struggle. We'll see. Does Barry get to wear his old jersey? That's probably the question. <laughs> Rock fight. If he gets to suit up full pads and fight. I don't think you can beat him. Yeah. You know, it's a shame we didn't get to talk to Barry if we had recorded earlier. I think he would have liked to have shoved it in our faces after we gave him so much Dog hunting season. It's the week before deer season. <laughs> so Barry's real busy this week. A lot of big soccer matches, too. That's well, a good point. After, after a big win, he just likes to soak in all that soccer. You know, there's no practice this week. Yeah, that's right. Who needs practice? Well, They're obviously I, I good. The last thing to do, then, is to give our awards, Brennan. Oh, yeah. Awards season. Yeah. Uh, so I guess our first award, as always, is the TJ Mo Douche of the Week. Douche of the Week. Who's it going to be, fellas? Got any candidates? We've had some decent candidates, but I don't know if it's coming to mind. Uh, Tom Herman. Ooh, uh, Tom Herman, I think, deserves an award for throwing a fit about Will Greer flashing the upside down horns. And how he shouldn't have scored a touchdown or two point conversion. Yeah, because the kid was showboating. Because he's a showboat. After Tom <laughs> Herman showboated against Drew Locke yeah, in the bowl game, the same man who who imitated a college athlete's uh, a touchdown dance on the sidelines of a of a bowl game, yeah. is, is now talking down, waving his finger in righteous indignation at Will Greer. It's it's just too precious. Yeah, it's mighty hypocritical. Another Mizzou tie-in is, I think, as far as uh, showboating, I think multiple Mizzou players were uh, doing the old gator chomp in the end zone. <laughs> they chomped all fucking day and never got a flag called. Exactly. So I don't know what Will or you know what Will Greer did was it that bad? He won a football game and threw the downward horns. Who doesn't do that one? Well, I'm gonna tell you what, guys. I think Tom Herman takes it with a bullet. Dude, the weed. 
All right, so now it's time for our second and most important award. Now it's time for Kirk Farmer's Hair, Player of the Game. Um, Kirk Farmer's Hair, every time we talk about it, I, I, I get spontaneously erect. I'm sporting wood. Yep, it's awesome. So who's it going to be? Well, I'll tell you this, Colin. I remember you saying after Kentucky that no more would you ever give Drew Locke a player of the game award for whooping up on some shitty little team that he's supposed to beat anyway. But Florida was not that team, and he played as well as he's ever played in a Missouri uniform. And if he's ever deserved this award, I think this is the week. Well, it's either to me, it's either him or Albert O. Or, I mean, maybe Roundtree. He played terrific, too. Yeah, so did Crockett. I mean, the team as a whole played good. It's nice to be in a situation where it's hard to pick a candidate because everybody played well. Usually it's the opposite situation where we're struggling to pick a candidate and we settle for Corey Fatoni. No, I, I'm, I'm okay with Drew Locke. You know what? Good on him. He did it against a number 11 team, the Florida Gators, a, a, you know, a proverbial blue blood football program, and he went into their house and broke it off. And and I like it. bury the player of the game. No, so, fuck oh, that. He turned it around. That's one game. <laughs> oh, man, I want to suck him off and give him a 10-year extension. <laughs> oh, my God. All right, TJ. <laughs> yeah, easy. Just, easy, TJ. Well, I, my wife handed me a smoothie 10 minutes ago, and it turns me into a God, real douchebag. Smoothie King gets you every time. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll go with Drew Locke. Drew Locke it is. When we give the Kirk Former's Player of the Game Award out, we know it's time to end the show. So uh, anything you'd like to add? Obviously, I want to mention again, November 15th, ITAP, downtown Columbia. Come see the show. Be there. Be one of the three to seven people in attendance. We need you. It's going to be yeah. great. It'll be, be after fun. a big Vandy win. Never ask a Navy man if he'll have another drink because it's none of your goddamn business how many he's already had. Have a good week. Is that your new sign-off? Yeah. Whatever that means. <laughs> whatever, whatever the fuck that means. I don't know what that was. But uh, M-I-Z. Z-O-U. Go Tigers. Free Drew Smith. Nobody fucks with my snack packs.